The Winding Stairs Freemasonry Podcast is made possible in part by freemasonryart.com. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the practical side of Freemasonry. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda professional artist and master mason. Hello brothers and welcome to another episode of The Winding Stairs. Today I have the pleasure of being in my lodge, Orange Blossom Lodge number 80 in Kissimmee, Florida with my good friend Manny Lozada. Manny, thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, today we're talking about a meaningful lodge experience. What is it and can we all have it? And so, Money, I wanted to start by, let's delve a little bit into what the expectations were for us before joining Freemasonry. And then after really having the Masonic experience, what was the reality so that we can explore that contrast. So okay. give me an idea of how, what was your expectation about Masonry before joining? Well. Before joining Masonry, I was one of those that are always watching videos on YouTube, reading books from David Icke and others like that, where they always claim that Masonry and Freemasons control the world and they do all kinds of like evil things in the world. And I, I had so many conversations with my dad and we were always having fun with those conversations. However, one day I decided to walk into a lodge and see for myself what it was really about. And my expectations changed completely, but for the better, for the much better, because I wasn't expecting to be one of the controllers. Let's say, you know, I'll be in charge of Kissimmee and, and, uh -huh. and or Orlando South, you know, in, the, in our control system. <laughs> Nothing like that. We're controlling our brains. We're controlling ourselves. That's what we control. Mm. And that's what I learned after, you know, being exposed to the symbology, being exposed to the, the teachings, the tenets. Everything about our fraternity is about ourselves. Nice. You know, and, and there is there is a contrast there because me before joining, I had a closer idea of what masonry was. I did have the expectation of it looking into a man's value, a man's character, his you know virtues, and then helping him become better through them. And although that is available to us within masonry, it is not always delivered effectively so the contrast in the experience for me was that I did expect it to be something about building the man and even though yes that's what it's about it's not necessarily uh, always executed in, in, a, in an efficient kind of way and it's interesting also you mentioned the idea that what you control is yourself and so many times in all different different aspects of life we want to control things 
and many of us like put such an effort into changing things and making a difference and, and we lose sight of the fact that the one thing we are in control of the only thing we're in control of is is ourselves absolutely and a lot of people miss that now after joining mason what would you say is one of the ways in which you were able to to achieve some of that that you were able to then be in better control of who you were well one of the things that we learned from the very beginning is to learn to circumscribe our passions so first you have to describe to yourself what are our passions because passions normally when we talk about our passions it's, it's positive things I like to I like to listen to music I'm passionate about such and such band mm -hmm. or I'm passionate about fishing or I'm passionate about um, reading mm -hmm. I can be passionate about reading why do I have to circumscribe one of those positive passions mm -hmm. well everything has to be a balance that's that's what it comes down to nice and do you feel that you have a little bit more balance now as a mason or it's always it's always a work in progress mm -hmm. so i cannot say that i have achieved what masonry uh, offers me and what i'm uh, what i need to get out of it's always a work in progress and i think it's a it's a lifetime work um, i believe i'll be able to answer that when i'm in the The, in the last years of my life when I look back and I and I count all of those uh, things that I put into practice and I can say you know to myself and and to the higher being yes I did I did do my work nice and, and there's it's also like a an ebb and flow it's never you know improvement at least for character for for the individual i don't think it's it's a straight line it's not an increment you know it's not a uh, a slope that is predictable i think it's always you have some highs and then you dip down and you have some lows but then again you creep up almost like when you look at stock market it's never a steady grow there's always these variants where you go through some periods of decrease and then some periods of gain. Um, and one thing that I have pretty much tried to be mindful of, uh, especially when I have an intentional uh, effort to become better, is that that's, a, that's part of it. That's a reality of becoming a better man, that you'll have these improvements and then you'll decrease and then go back up. One of the things that brought it to mind was I was listening to an interview with uh, David Allen. Uh, have you heard of the book, uh, Getting Things Done? It, it's about productivity. And he has a methodology that he preaches or that he talks about. And it's just a matter of having everything in one bucket is how he describes. You have all the things in one place. Personal life, business life, everything is part of your master task list perhaps and the idea is that you don't touch an item twice whenever something comes to you you make a decision about it and it's either you discard it you delegate it 
or you defer it. So and it has to be a purposeful deferment. So you put it in your calendar or something like that. So it's a methodology that is very precise. And it was very helpful to me in, in trying to become more productive. But I always saw David Allen as a perfectionist. I always saw him as a, like this mythical creature that got everything done, that had no shortcomings. And then I listened to an interview where he was saying, they asked him, like, how well do you apply this stuff that you teach? And he was saying, I'm definitely not the best. He's like, I, I, I'm in contact with people that have adopted this methodology and they are incredible at it. I, on the other hand, I am good at it for a period of time and then I fall off the wagon and find myself in a chaotic mess and then I continue applying and I become better. It's still an upward trend, but it's always an ebb and flow. And when I heard this man talking about that, I had him up in a pedestal like the epitome of productivity and streamlined process and all that. And come to find out, this man is just like me. In his effort to achieve perfection and productivity, he's also going through the same ebb and flow that I was going through. And what that did for me, it gave me that confidence. It's like, oh, you know what? You're not so far off track. Yeah, you'll fall off of it and you'll get back on it. The same thing goes with masonry. If you're able to um, put in perspective for the brother how his progress is going to look like and a realistic expectation of it going up and down, then they will be more, I, I guess, they can deal with the disappointment or they, they can deal with the challenges a little bit better. Right. Uh, one of the things that I have, I guess, uh, it, it has changed in me in, in the last 10 years that I, or 11 years that I've been a Mason is I used to be a big fan of movies and action movies and things like that. And now, even though I, I do like them, but I weigh them as in, okay, what, what can I do with my time that is more meaningful, that is more educational, as opposed to entertain, pure entertainment? Um, and most of the time, the educational part wins. I still do some entertainment because right. it's good to keep the, everything in balance. Yes. But, and again, this is, this is one of the things about passions. I'm passionate about learning and th there's not a single day that I strive to learn something new, uh, that I don't strive to learn something new. Um, but uh, it, it helps me value what things that I do Will, will enhance my experience as a man, as a mason, as a husband, etc. I'm glad you bring that up. Especially because if we consider a meaningful Lodge experience, those are the kind of thoughts that would be going through that man's mind for us a mon Monday morning. Oh, I'm going to Lodge tonight. Is that the best use of my time? When I go to Lodge, am I going to come out of the meeting feeling like I got something out of it? And one thing I've noticed, of course, is that there is a lot to be done in a Lodge. It doesn't matter what Lodge it is. There's, there are a lot of moving parts. Buildings are uh, 
at the mercy of, of the weather, of things breaking down, and those things have to be fixed and they have to be brought back to speed. But it is, um, it, there has to be a balance. It cannot all be the experience of trying to fix those problems, of putting out those fires. So for there to be a meaningful lodge experience, the brother at the end of the night has to come out just like you feel whenever you're reading that self-help book or whenever you're reading some Masonic education. And at the end, yeah, you spent 30 minutes reading, an hour reading, or however long you read, but that was time well spent. The risk I find in not striving a good balance in Lodge between the business and the education and the um, camaraderie and all that is that you're, you're risking people leaving the meeting and not feeling satisfied. Uh, on a personal note, have you ever felt like that? That you go to a meeting and you're like, oh, this was a waste of time or like, you know what, I, tonight I should have stayed home. I think in the very beginning, it's always the, that shock of what, you know, after the doors are finally open to you, you go, okay, let's read the minutes, you know, and you're like, okay. Uh, but I learned to even in a, quote, boring meeting, mm. how you can gain some from just being here. Mm. Look around you. We have all those symbols displayed right here. We have an opening and a closing. And every single thing that's done in Lodge has its meaning and its teaching. So let's say today we're meeting and we do the opening and there's, there's one, I, I, I'm going to pay attention to what the senior deacon says. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay attention to what the senior, how he moves around, etc. So I can make it meaningful, even if the overall experience is, is, is superficial. Mm. Um, another thing is I try as much as I can to have some fellowship time after lodge with my brothers. And fellowship doesn't mean let's go for, for to drink a beer or a Coke or whatever, a water. No, it's that conversation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, yeah, we do talk about mundane things, but many times mm -hmm. we talk about Masonic education amongst ourselves. And we learn, you know things that you have read, I know things that I have read. We share those ideas and that's how we learn. So that to me is extremely meaningful. This program is made possible in part by freemasonryart.com, an online store of products made by Masons for Masons. It features a growing selection of original Masonic paintings, limited edition artwork, and genuine lambskin Masonic aprons. Imagine yourself walking into your next lodge meeting wearing a hand-painted Masonic apron, like the ones we see displayed in museums. We invite you to look at our growing collection and support the winding stairs through your purchase. For details, go to freemasonryart.com. For a brother who perhaps, let's say there's a brother out going to a lodge and the lodge doesn't have the balance that we want to strive for. 
and maybe doesn't have a lot of the Masonic education component, they don't have to wait for the lodge to actually put together a Masonic education program. They can take it on their own hands to have some of these meaningful conversations after the meeting, you know, over a, you know, a soda or a drink, whatever, whatever works. And I like that you mentioned that state of mind of even during the openings, you can have a very regular meeting that goes through all the administrative uh, rigmarole <laughs> that's expected. But yet you can still, if you're in the right frame of mind, you're not at the mercy of that predictable schedule. You can still take that prayer that the, the chaplain goes through and pay attention to some of the phrasing of it and try to dig deep into what it actually means. And I, I, I found myself doing that quite a bit where I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the way that it's delivered. It, of course, it makes a difference uh, when the brother actually really can deliver those lines in a in 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 a meaningful way, in an impactful way. Absolutely, and that's that's when the the contemplative type of uh, lodge comes into play because they they emphasize those things. Yeah, um, I have yet to see a contemplative uh, traditional lodge. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and it's something that we, we can always try to explore within our lodge system and our district. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that I, um, that I really, uh, pay my, my, or, or try to, to always attend is to the degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's something that we do regularly. We do it several a year, and there's more in the district as well if you really are hungry for that light and, and want to see those symbols again and want to see the, the dialogues. Um, there's so much to learn on those degrees. It's, everything is compacted into an hour or so uh, or two-hour uh, ritual. Well, try to be present at those degrees, try to participate at those degrees, and you will gain a lot more knowledge and and listen to when the working tools are explained. Listen to how they are applied. Mm. I mean, it, it's it's simple. It's yeah. actually very simple to do. Um, but you have to be there. Exactly, exactly. You have to be participant, and that's one of the things that um, when I when I first joined the lodge, um, I actually took a break so to speak, of uh, almost seven years. Wow. I did go to degrees, I did go to installations, but then I, always, and, and it was always in the back of my mind, like, I have to, after I finish school and everything, mm -hmm. I have to go back to the lodge and be regular and be involved. And the rest is history. Now I'm <laughs> more involved. Than I, now you're involved. Now, yeah, now, <laughs> and I remember my wife telling me, Manny, but what you always talk about the lodge's meeting tonight and you never go, mm. why don't you go? Well, she created a monster because now, <laughs> now I have meetings like almost every night. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because like, that at least is, uh, is something that we're going to talk about that in the future uh, in, a, in another episode because it's, 
it, it's part of having a meaningful Masonic experience is to be able to achieve that balance also at home. Correct. So that you're not sacrificing or having a negative impact on the rest of your family. Correct. And, and still go and have a good experience. I had a very similar situation with my regular attendance to, to Lodge. I, my, my wife's schedule is, is very unpredictable. So it was very, very difficult for me to commit to go to Lodge or to have a position in Lodge. And I used to be very, very involved and very fulfilled in that involvement. And one day talking with my wife, I said, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I'd love to go back and, and get more involved, but it is difficult because it's very unpredictable. And she said, we can make it happen. Let's, let's just make it happen. I know how much it means to you, and I know that you can, you know, derive a lot of enjoyment and also, you know, inspiration from going to the meetings. Let's just make it happen. And it, it has been a very, very positive thing for me, being regularly in the meetings and seeing the different dynamics and spending a little bit of time before and after, mostly after, uh, with my brothers. Like you and I have sat down and had conversations for a long time, whether it's here in the watering hole, you know, it's, it gives us some room for completing that fraternal uh, bond, pretty much. It, but again, we have to be there. Like, right. we have to make that happen. So for the brothers that are listening to our conversation that, um, that could watch the videos or, you know, get involved in this conversation, I think it's important for them to keep some of these things in mind, that you can make an otherwise bland meeting still be fulfilling if you're in the right mindset. Exactly. Now, you don't have to settle. You know, if, if you have someone who is just resigned to, like, you know what, this lodge is what it is, and, and that's it. Would you say that's a helpful attitude, or is there something that they can do in order to have some sway into the whole dynamic of the lodge meeting? I think you always have to, uh, as, as you improve yourself, you, you're trying to improve the lodge, because you are part of, you're part of the lodge. The lodge is, is it's like a church. Is not the building, that's the temple. The lodge is the people, the members, the brothers. And one of the things that you can can do is, you know, as you know, the officers change every year. So if something could not be done this year, maybe, you know, patience is, I always say to people, especially to the petitioners, patience is a good Masonic virtue. <laughs> Learn to practice patience. Um, and wait another year. Yeah. Talk, and talk to the senior warden ahead of time and say, hey, would you like to, to include more Masonic education? Would you like to do some, some little segments during the meetings to explain things? Yeah. And, and maybe he'll say yes. Yeah. And maybe you'll be the, the person. But basically, yeah, you, you tell people you tell the uh, the new officers coming into line. You tell them, hey, you, you know, you want to see these things, and nine times out of ten, he'll say, 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all for it. And, you know, we don't have to wait until, until others do it. If you see that no one is doing it and you feel like you want it, start it. Maybe that will spark some interest in other people too. Yeah. No, that's, that's very good advice because it's many times we see something missing and we think, oh, I wonder when someone is going to do something about it. And many times that realization that something's missing is your cue. It's like, hey, yeah. go ahead. Do something about it, you know? Exactly. And, it, and it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that now you're going to go and organize a, a whole event that is yeah. going to take a lot of manpower, a lot of time, include a lot of capital. It can just be a brief little presentation, or just a, a, a little bit. And one of the things that I wanted to do as the Lodge Historian is to have what I call the Historian Minute, where I just stand in the middle of the meeting at some point and, and just give a little feedback or, or a little information about what history of uh, our Lodge has gone through. And, of course, it would be amazing if I come here and I have a, a projector and I have uh, sound effects and I can tell you a huge story. That would be, that would have an impact, I think. But it doesn't have to be something huge. Like yesterday, I, I gave, what would you say, it was maybe a minute or two, tops? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was enough for brothers outside, whenever we were done with the meeting, to come up to me and continue the conversation. Oh, I thought this was different. Like, oh, where did you find that information? And we started a dialogue. So it acted as a catalyst for the rest of the Masonic interaction after the meeting. Absolutely. And you know, it feels great because here, you're not just talking about traffic, you're not just talking about the weather. Like we're actually talking about the history of our lodge and the history of the country while the lodge was being built. And it's a, it's a conversation that I go back home and I'm like, you know what? I, I didn't know that. that. That felt good to have that conversation. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, you don't have to have a multimedia experience because the mind is the ultimate multimedia yeah. uh, experience for ourselves. So when you were talking about that period of time in, in history and, and this person that, that was tinkering with chemicals and different things. I was imagining in my head as you were speaking. It's, it's, yeah. It happens to all of us. Yes. Yes. No, that, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. It, it, in a way, I, that's how I was envisioning it as well when I was explaining. I was trying to be as dramatic as possible just to add some, <laughs> some yeah. flair to the whole thing. But, but it's just a simple little, it's just a minute or two of the meeting. And that's all it takes. And and it can be the catalyst for the for for a more fulfilling experience now i personally would love that a minute or two would be the business part and then everything else would be education uh, of but course. <laughs> we always have to keep a balance and you got to start somewhere too <laughs> but um okay and in terms of uh, meaningful experience i want to address something for petitioners mm -hmm. or i know that people that are not masons listen and watch this uh, podcast um, because I, I remember a, a, a petitioner 
that was going to different lodges to see which one was the coolest one to join. Mm. And that's part of the meaningful experience and the meaningful expectation, right? And I remember telling him, I mean, you, yeah, obviously you can go to, you know, if you have some of, some of them close to you, you can go to the one that you feel better, but the experience per se, it should be the same because masonry we are very strict in not changing our symbols and our ritual and, and those things. Mm-hmm. So we, if something is lacking in, like we've been talking throughout this, this conversation, it's up to us. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain that to him. Um, I don't think he fully understood, but I want to emphasize on that. Yeah. People that are not, that are looking into joining masonry and once you get initiated and, and become a master mason and you go to a meeting and it's not what you expected, don't feel bad. Don't feel like I joined the wrong lodge. Yeah. No. Or even, even after you join and you start participating, you see other lodges are doing more things and maybe you know, doing car washes and going to you know, bowling or whatever. It, it doesn't... You, we can't we can't have envy in masonry yeah. in that in that respect. Um, so let's do ourselves. Let's put ourselves our efforts because our lodges are kind of, it's, usually it's our community lodge, yeah. right? So it's the one that I live closest by. And if I'm improving my lodge, I'm improving my community, mm-hmm. and my community experience, because a lot of times those brothers that are meet, I'm meeting with are my neighbors too. Yeah. They live in the in the same neighborhood. So That's true. No that and that that's very good advice. It, it, the, the way I see it is you try to adjust the candidate's expectations of what masonry is and then you try to as a member of the of the fraternity try to improve the experience a little bit more. So ideally whenever these two come together their expectations are not so disparate from the reality and they're able to be more fulfilled and more satisfying. Exactly. And, and I tell you, that's one of the things that I enjoy most about uh, being a member of this lodge is that um, I kind of like took that task, uh, that task uh, for myself to, to uh, be the, the, um, what do you call it? The, the person that introduces masonry to a person that walks for the first time yes, 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 to yes. our doors. Mm-hmm. Because number one, I don't want to scare them away. Yeah. Number two, I don't want to create false expectations. Yeah. So I tell them, I usually tell them um, this is the largest and most ancient and best fraternity in the world. Mm-hmm. And you will learn a lot here but it is expected that you put some service to the to the brothers that you put some time to service and so that they know get to know you and number two you get to work you have to work you have to put some work in the yeah. very beginning it's something that we you know it's different from any other club or association that you join and you participating in the full benefits in here we actually do the work of yeah. you know catechisms and everything 
So I, I always try to let them know that there is work involved yeah. with this. And to me, in looking back, it's like one of the most exciting times of, of me as a Mason was learning that work and giving it back and th that satisfaction and, mm -hmm. and all of those things stay in memory. So yeah. you, you, you keep, uh, you keep that, those impressions in your brain. So it's, it, to me, that was, that was one of the best parts. That's good. And it's like an investment because here you are putting this manpower or this effort, you're putting this value into an organization that the more value you put into it, the more value you get out of it. So here you are, when you go to all the meetings, you're increasing the probability of coming across another brother who has something that, you know, some information that can help you in your own progress. The more you spend time with them, the stronger the bond. The more you contribute to the beauty and the strength and the wisdom of the lodge, the, the more you get back in return from each one of those things. So you get to see gain more wisdom, become a stronger individual, and really enjoy the beauty that Freemasonry has to offer. So I, 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 I second that, that it is important for them to know there is some work involved. You have to put an effort into it. But the, the remuneration you get from all that just surpasses whatever effort you put in. Exactly. And I know I've heard that cliche expression you get you get out of masonry what you put in it's not that simple but it is along the same lines you put some effort into it it's like an investment and then you get to reap the rewards of it i always say that you know you go through the degrees and catechisms but then you it takes a whole lifetime yes. to learn to go back revisit those uh the terminology revisit the symbolism and learn and apply. Hmm. It takes a whole lifetime, and that's what we're here for. Hey, before you switch to the next podcast, let me ask you a question. Did you find this episode enjoyable? Did you find any part of it edifying or informative? If so, please consider supporting our show by choosing one of these options, mainly by sharing it with other brothers through social media, on your Lodge's website, or through your own blog by leaving a brief rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app, by making a purchase through freemasonryart.com, or by joining our exclusive group of supporters through patreon.com for early access to our podcast episodes, behind-the-scenes look at the creation process, and many other benefits, visit thewindingstairs.com forward slash support. Regardless of the way in which you choose to support our show, thank you. And as always, may your steps be firm and your path illuminated as we continue our journey up the winding stairs. Mm -hmm.